Welcome to this peer voice activity. To access the entire activity, including supporting material, go to www.peervoice.com forward slash JGH. This activity is supported by an unrestricted educational grant from Taiho Oncology Europe GmbH. Welcome to this peer voice activity on targeted therapies in cholangiocarcinoma. This activity comprises a series of five streaming episodes with Professor David Malka. At any time during this presentation, you may download supporting materials and share this activity with colleagues. Hello, I'm, I'm David Malka. I'm a GI oncologist at uh, the Institut Mutualiste Montsouris in Paris, France. Uh, welcome to this activity uh, discussing uh, practical considerations of molecular testing in, in cholangiocarcinoma, management of patients with uh, FGFR2-fusion cholangiocarcinoma. So in this first episode, uh, I will address the, the importance of molecular testing and the current European recommendations around testing in the disease. Cholangiocarcinoma is a target-rich disease. Uh, cholangiocarcinoma is a new lung cancer. Uh, it's a target-rich disease with plenty of mutations. The, the three most common being IDH1, FGFR2, and R2. Uh, these alterations are, are generally mutually exclusive, at least for IDH1 and FGFR2, but this is not always the case. And cochlear mutations and alterations may also be observed. Um, these alterations are uh, classified uh, according to their actionab actionability, for instance, by the, the ASCAT uh, scale, which has been uh, developed by the Open Society uh, for Medical Oncology, the ESMO. For so the ESMO guidelines, um, it is the same for several uh, national guidelines. For instance, the French guidelines that I'm coordinating with uh, uh, many colleagues. The, these guidelines are based on, on scientific knowledge uh, independently of regulatory approval or reimbursement. So all these drugs are not necessarily approved or reimbursed and can differ from one country to another. Maybe in your country, it's not the same that uh, Australia, Germany, Spain, and so on. So on the scientific point of view, uh, the audience must keep in mind that one stop for all commerce uh, in second-line setting and, uh, should be considered that as a by-default option that is, if you don't identify an actionable alteration and this listed here, Paul Fox is the preferred option in the second light set. Um, the therapeutic landscape uh, for cholangiocarcinoma has drastically changed during the, the last four years uh, with uh, the approval of your value map combined to GENSIS in first line for all uh, patients with point. And of several target therapies targeting uh, GFR2, IDH1, and track in the second line setting uh, and beyond. And you see on this timeline the, the advent of uh, these uh, several uh, uh, inhibitors. We have considerably enriched uh, our therapeutic armamentarium for this uh, disease, which is for the, an orphan disease, uh, a decade ago. So things are moving. So thank you for watching this, this first uh, episode, and please join us at the next episode where we discuss considerations around molecular profiling applied to a patient case.
Hello, I'm Dr. David Melka. So Sonia is a, is a young woman, 30 year, uh, 37 years old, uh, in who uh, a metastatic uh, anti-particular cinema uh, has been diagnosed uh, due to right upper pain. This cholangiocular cinema was already metastatic to the lungs and She had been treated for basocellular carcinoma uh, a decade ago on that had a second degree relative with uh, early onset colorectal cancer. Her tumor markers were, were normal. She had conserved expression of MMR protein by chemistry, and she was enrolled in an open label randomized uh, clinical trial in our center, uh, the ODIS 38 amiga trial, on, which compared Portrinox to, to GMCs, and she, she was enrolled in the Folfurinox arm, she experienced good tolerance on the partial response. So she, she, she then was treated with, uh, then capsetamine as a maintenance therapy. And she, she progressed, uh, about nine months, uh, after, uh, in the liver and the peritone. So the, uh, this patient's uh, molecular profile was examined. And the first question I would like to address is uh, why it is. Why it is? Because uh, identifying uh, actionable alterations on, on administering uh, matching therapies accordingly is uh, is associated with a longer survival in patients with uh, advanced PTCs. And, and uh, there are some uh, urban uh, Experience sees this large series of, of patients with uh, systematic molecular profiling. The patients who had actionable alteration and have been treated with matching therapy uh, had a longer survival than those with the same alterations but treated with unmatching therapy because the targeted therapies were not available at, at, at the time of uh, diagnosis. So this uh, Two groups of patients are, are supposed to be comparable in terms of, of fitness uh, or treatment. So it's important to have access first to uh, molecular profile or um, second to matching drugs. The third question to address is when to test. Uh, the the take-home message is that for every binary uh, type cancer, we, we should test at the earliest time possible. There are several arguments for that. The first one is that the fact that molecular drivers occur early in the course of cancer and usually don't change throughout the course of the disease, providing that there is no uh, therapeutic selection by targeted therapies. Visual type cancers are, are aggressive diseases and uh, you should have your, your molecular profile results ready at the time of disease progression because uh, uh, to, to, to bring the and risk uh, disease progression on uh, that the patient become becomes unfit for orthogonal treatment if you don't have the, the results uh, ready. So test only yes at the earliest time possible. The third question to address is would test uh, also antipathic carcinoma are is richer in targetable mutations at Ozambia tract cancer. Uh, we believe that it is uh, important to test not only all patients with uh, advanced uh, antipathic carcinoma, but in fact all patients with PI tract cancer. 
On the next question is what on how to test. Uh, we should test for all tangentable uh, alterations in in, uh, in prolonged carcinoma. Um, even if treatments are not uh, readily uh, available, as patients maybe um, when something is able to enroll in a clinical trial. On how to test, uh, ideally we should perform both DNA or RNA-based uh, uh, degeneration sequencing, NGS. If we have to choose, we should choose RNA-based NGS because uh, it is likely to detect more molecular alterations than DNA-based uh, uh, we should keep in mind that immunohistochemistry chemistry remains important for R2 on uh, uh, MMR uh, steps. Uh, so uh, let's go back to our patient, Sonia. So molecular profiling was performed using uh, parallel DNA on RNA-based NGS. Uh, this, this molecular profiling was uh, done at the time of disease formation, it was in, uh, in September 2000. Uh, 11. So probably nowadays we we would have uh, tried to perform uh, this molecular profile earlier in the in our thesis course. And uh, we identified uh, two actionable alterations. Uh, first, an IDH1 uh, mutation on codon 1 which is uh, the hotspot for IDH1 mutations. It is Clearly actionable. On second, uh, an HGFR2 fusions, fusion, uh, which is also really actionable. So, generally, it is believed that these two alterations are mutually uh, exclusive, but, but in fact, co joints is uh, possible as in uh, this patient. Uh, the additional laboratory tests, you you noted that uh, she had an elevated uh, uh, two hydroxyglutarate uh, blood level, which is a pathognomonic of uh, an IDH1 mutation. Um, and uh, she also had germinal analysis due to the Dunger. Edge of uh, diagnosis uh, for her on the dispersional run on family story and uh, no uh, germline uh, alteration was found. Uh, so, co occurrence of uh, these uh, two uh, alterations is not common. On uh, 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 this case, illustrates why it is important to apply both DNA on RNA based engines. Thank you for watching. Hello, I'm Dr. David Malka. We go back to our case report with Sonia, this uh, young woman with uh, metastatic intrahepatic cholangiocarcinoma, with quite surprising uh, molecular profiling results because she she had both IDH1 mutation and HGFR2 fusion. So she experienced uh, partial response in disease progression while on uh, first-line chemo. What are the treatment options for these patients with both mutations, both, both alterations? So, first we can imagine to treat her with uh, an FGFR inhibitor. There are several inhibitors for FGFR that have been developed for advanced cancer with such alteration after, after disease progression while on 
conventional systemic uh, therapy. So currently, there are two inhibitors that are readily uh, available uh, and have been approved uh, by TMA, uh, pemigatinib in one hand and futipatinib in the other hand. For IDH1 mutation, which would be uh, another choice for, for our patient, uh, the only available therapy is uh, ifrosinib, which has been approved by uh, FDA in 2021, and then by AMA in uh, April 2023 for patients with advanced collagen carcinoma and at least one prior systemic treatment. So uh, what did we do for our patients? In fact, we choose to treat uh, to treat her with uh, HFR inhibitor first because uh, it is more likely, probably, to produce substantial uh, tumor shrinkage. Uh, reported response rates with HFR uh, inhibitor are in the range of uh, twenty to sixty percent uh, compared to ibuprofenic, which is less than ten percent. And also because at the at the time of, uh, of diagnosis of uh, these alterations, uh, there, there was a, a clinical trial uh, available for, for her uh, that uh, uh, tested uh, penigatinib. So she was uh, enrolled in the fight to trial and started on, on this uh, inhibitor in uh, October 2017. So Sonia uh, experienced with pemigatinib uh, grade 2 nausea, but she also had a pre-existing concomitant uh, hypercalcemia. Uh, and of note, uh, hypercalcemia has been recently suggested to be particularly common uh, in colonic carcinoma, notably in case of uh, IDH1 mutations. She also had dry skin and dry eyes on hyperphosphatemia, which is a well-known uh, uh, drug class effect of, of FGFI inhibitors. Uh, importantly, she, she also experienced uh, clinical benefit with uh, an objective partial response observed uh, within the first weeks of uh, treatment. After nine months uh, on this treatment, uh, she, she had a disease progression. Uh, nine months in, uh, in line with uh, the median uh, Question three survival, survival time uh, observed in, in, uh, in recent uh, studies with uh, LGFI inhibitors. So uh, in uh, August uh, 2018, she was uh, enrolled in the CLIDA trial, which is uh, which was a, a randomized uh, study. The first and only to date phase uh, three study with uh, target therapy in colorful carcinoma. And she was started uh, on the ibuprofenib or placebo because it was uh, blinded. And in fact, uh, she had uh, some uh, adverse events with asthenia, nausea, and the maintenance of uh, diarrhea and constipation, but also a clinical benefit with prediction of, of uh, Asthenia after the first months, uh, reduction of pain, uh, and a resolution of uh, ascites uh, related to, to peritoneal carcinomatosis. She has also uh, a reduction of uh, cholestasis on, uh, on uh, her blood test, and also a decrease of the of two hydroxyglutarate levels, which uh, suggests that she was 
indeed uh, uh, receiving uh, hypozinidine. Uh, on imaging, um, um, she had uh, visceral stabilization, but uh, a slow growing bone progression, uh, uh, which required local treatments with the radiation therapy and cementoplasty. And because of this uh, bone progression, she, she stopped uh, igosinib uh, without the operation of note after seven months on, on treatment. So thank you for watching. And in the next episode, we will explore uh, FGFR inhibitor sequencing in large carcinoma. Hello, I'm Dr. David Balka. Let's move uh, forward to our, our clinical case, uh, case of Sonia, this young woman with uh, an anti-hepatic cholangiocarcinoma. So at this time, what are the, the options that are to be discussed? Um, I think that the point for discussion are related to, uh, firstly, uh, the patient factors. Uh, Sonia's performance status was uh, still conserved. She had no limiting comorbidities or, or uh, persisting toxicity from prior treatments. Second, uh, are there any uh, clinical trials available for, for her? Besides clinical trial, uh, she still uh, had the, the option of, uh, of Chemotherapy. She she did not receive uh, gemcitabine yet. Uh, she, maybe we could uh, propose to her to to have uh, a combination of the gemcitabine plus cisplatin. On third, uh, which disease factors may may impact our decision? Uh, and this is an important point because uh, we decided to retest uh, our molecular profile to try to identify uh, resistance mutations. Uh, we don't know yet uh, uh, very well the, the mechanism of resistance to hypozinidine that she had received just uh, before uh, uh, this, this, this point. Uh, but, we, we, but we know better the, the secondary resistance mutations to, to IGFI inhibitors. So we decided to retest by liquid biopsy in our case because it was more convenient for her, uh, first. Second, uh, our liver metastasis were not easily accessible to, to fine needle liver biopsy. And third, uh, liquid biopsy is able to, to provide results probably faster than uh, tissue-based uh, tissue molecular profile. So liquid biopsy was performed and identified the, the known HFR2 R1 fusion uh, in, uh, in our case, but also a mutation, not a fusion, a mutation in uh, HFR2 gene, N549D uh, mutation, which uh, is a well-known uh, secondary resistance mutation to HFR inhibitors. And in fact, this secondary resistance to these inhibitors uh, has been linked uh, 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 at least in most part of the onset of uh, resistance mutations in the target that is the HGFR2 gene uh, itself. And in fact, uh, second and third generation HGFR inhibitors 
uh, may be active on some cis-resistance mutations, uh, paving the way for uh, FGFR inhibitor sequencing strategies on the on the uh, emphasizing the, the the impact of retesting, notably by liquid biopsy, as uh, in this case. So we we propose to Sonia to participate to the Phoenix CCA2 trial. Fujibatinib is presumed to be active on the N549DFGFR mutation. So she she was enrolled in this trial in April 2019 and started on on So uh, she received for the second time uh, an EGFR And again, she she had some uh, adverse events events uh, uh, related to, to this uh, diabetic class with uh, some greater asthenia and mucositis and also hyperphosphatemia, which was controlled by phosphate binder and sevelamer. Um, but she also experienced clinical benefit with uh, the resolution of, of course, which was uh, related to lung metastasis correction on a, a, an objective partial response uh, uh, after several weeks of, uh, of treatment. Um, she, she experienced eventually a disease progression after 17 months of this uh, second, uh, second uh, FGFR, FGFR inhibitor treatment. After that, she she was able to receive uh, chemotherapy with uh, GEMSIS uh, combination regimen. She progressed on this treatment and passed away after uh, nearly five years of uh, disease course uh, since the diagnosis of uh, advanced uh, colonial syndrome. So thank you for watching. Uh, in the next episode, we will discuss the adverse events uh, related to FGFR inhibitors and their management, and the importance of a multidisciplinary uh, approach in the care of patients with colonic uh, carcinoma. I am Dr. David Malika. I will focus on some of the most common uh, adverse events observed with FGFR uh, inhibitors. In fact, the, the most common one is hyperphosphatemia. Uh, it is seen in more than half of the patients. Um, but it is might moderate in, in most patients, as in fact the other common uh, adverse events listed in, in this table. Uh, you can observe uh, alopecia, GI side effects, dysgeusia, diarrhea, stomatitis. Uh, you can observe fatigue, um, dry mouth, dry skin, dry eyes. Uh, severe occurrence uh, adverse events are, are uncommon, but uh, they can be seen. So, ophthalmologic examination before starting uh, the EPSHEPA inhibitors and periodically throughout the treatment is uh, advocated. Uh, you can also observe uh, night changes or, uh, or with uh, onychodystrophia or, or onychoclasis, so uh, can be uh, painful for the patient. So, can occur also. Uh, so, um, a constellation uh, of side effects uh, as uh, uh, commonly seen with uh, with uh, uh, targeted uh, oral therapies. If you don't observe uh, hyperphosphatemia, you 
you, you, the best suspect non-adherence to, to the treatment, and you should ask your patient uh, if they have uh, problems with adherence and confidence to treatment, provided, of course, they, they are not uh, receiving uh, hypophosphatemia drugs. Um, ways to manage uh, this uh, hyperphosphatemia uh, include uh, first uh, dietary dietary uh, modifications and, and second phosphate lowering uh, therapies, though phosphate binders uh, in, in first and uh, if not uh, if not uh, sufficient phosphatic uh, agents. The the adherence rate to phosphate binders is not well known in patients with. Uh, Atherpatic uh, cholangiocarcinoma treated with uh, GFR inhibitors, but we have the, the, the vast experience of, uh, of this uh, uh, treatment in uh, patients with chronic kidney disease, uh, onimodelic disease, and, and in fact, roughly half of the patients are, are, are adherent to the treatment. So it is important to to start at the lowest possible dose and to escalate the dose uh, based on response uh, on desired uh, fossil levels. And uh, it is probably very important in uh, our patient with cholangiocarcinoma treated with GFR inhibitors because these GFR inhibitors can cause diarrhea, uh, uh, which is also a possible side effects for sleep patients. This uh, list of uh, adverse events uh, uh, underlines the fact that you will always uh, be better uh, if you are not alone. Uh, uh, I would emphasize the, the, the importance of having uh, um, uh, oncologic nurses that are able to help you and the patients to, to monitor the the, the treatments with such uh, targeted therapies and yeah, it is a key component of uh, a well-functioning molecular multidisciplinary team which is especially important in uh, such an aggressive uh, and, and demanding disease as uh, antihepatic cholangiocarcinoma. Thank you for watching. This has been an activity published by Peer Voice.